What the Tech Africa podcast powered by Techno Nigeria. Stop at nothing. Hello and welcome to a new episode of What the Tech Africa brought to you by Africa Tech Radio. As always, I'm your host, Jessica Fortunes. Today's episode is a tiny bit different, but even more interesting because in today's conversation, we bring you two experts who have done amazing things for tech startups in Africa. And together, they'll be talking about growth strategies for every startup. So you definitely do not want to miss that. Sit back, relax, and let's get straight into it. On today's episode, we're talking about growth for startups. And to do this with me today is Odum Oshineye. Hi, Odum. Hi, Jessica. Thank you for joining. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to be here. Okay. So before we go into all the gist, just quickly tell us about yourself and, you know, what you do on a day-to-day. Yeah, my name is Odun. I'm growth manager at my stash. Um, basically, I manage everything that has to be growth at my stash, you know, try to understand marketing, but majorly sales. What's the difference between marketing and sales? <laughs> so simply marketing is basically showing the, the people what you do, your potential customers. This is what we do. What sales will do now is to now close them. By close, I'm saying sales will now collect money from the customer and actually sell the product. Marketing is saying, hey, this is what we are selling. See, we are here. Just create an awareness and then sales would actually sell. Does that but I've seen yeah. I've seen on KPIs where you see marketing and there's a place there that says acquire social so numbers. Get social so number of people. How many people are going to use our product when you market? Because sometimes you tell brands, what you get out of this is brand awareness. And they're like, yeah, awareness. Are we going to use it to eat? What is awareness going to do for us? I'm trying to understand when you tell me that marketing doesn't close. Because even we know that some social media people actually go into DMs trying to, you know, convert people. So where do you draw the line to say, oh, this is marketing and this is sales. And as a marketing person, I should not be closing. All my own is to give you awareness. So, <laughs> so closing really mean different things to different companies. Mm, yeah. Okay. And um, I totally understand why brands would say that. What, does, what do we get from brand awareness? Brand awareness is useful at a certain stage of a company. If you're a startup, you're designed to grow fast. And at that point, the critical thing is to acquire users. You're not so concerned about brand awareness and creating top of mind awareness. Companies like Coca-Cola and GT Bank would spend a lot of money doing that because they are already a profitable company, but they just want to stay relevant. So in terms of, as far as brand awareness is concerned, honestly, startups would, they don't have a lot of money to spend, right? So you want to focus on getting as many customers as possible and as fast as possible. So somehow marketing and sales um, sort of as far as startups are concerned, yeah. Okay, so when you talk about, I know you mentioned the fact that startups don't have money or they don't have a lot, especially in that stage where they're growing, but then they want to grow. Yeah. So what strategies do they need to put in place to help them do that, really? To answer that question, I would like to quickly just define what a startup is, right? Okay. According to Paul Graham of Y Combinator, startups Ooh. are companies that, <laughs> that are designed to grow fast. And fast is the operative word here. Now, startups do not have a lot of money, but they need to grow fast. And the recommended um, method of accelerating that kind of growth is doing things that do not scale. And I'll explain, right? As a startup, your goal is to show that you have a product 
that people want. That's your goal. Your goal is not to make profit. Your goal is not necessarily to build a business at the beginning. At the beginning, you are raising money so that you can build something and show that people want that thing. And at that point, what you want to really focus on is the customer. You have two jobs as a startup founder is to build a product and sell to customers, right? So you want to focus on hard selling. How can I directly interact with my customer in such a way that they understand what I'm trying to build? And I also understand what they want as far as the solution is concerned. Mm. So for example, at my stash, um, at the very beginning, what we did to accelerate growth, which we did, because I mean, we got about 10,000 users in our first six months. Oh, nice. Well and, done. And how we did that was to set up teams of ambassadors train them, equip them with um, a lot of knowledge about the product that we do and get them to refer other people. It was a very simple process, but that gave us access directly to our customers. We heard from them one um, firsthand. We had group chats where we were communicating with and A lot of startups still do that today, where in the beginning, you want to focus on directly interacting with the customers. You don't want to spend too much money on social media because they don't know you. Especially when you're a fintech and you're collecting money from people, you'll be like, hey, this guy is a scam. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So that, that's, uh, that's one strategy. Um, okay. yeah. Do you have more up your sleeves, up your sleeves that you can share with us? Um, well, yeah. So uh, I'll give you an example of um, existing companies that have used some of these um, doing things that do not scale strategy. And one of them is Airbnb. I mean, everybody knows Airbnb. Um, what the Airbnb founders did at the beginning was they were going to people's houses and disguising as um, employees of Airbnb. I'm talking about the founders now. Mm -hmm. And then they would help them to, they would sell the value of Airbnb, snap those pictures, actual professional pictures. They would do actual professional editing and then post for those people directly promote those homes for people to now, you know, come and then their customers are now getting customers and their customers are getting paid. Now, what that enabled them to do was to directly, again, interact with the customer, understand mm. how the customer is thinking. You don't want to set up a startup and the next month you're hiring a growth team, you know, so to speak. You want to spend a lot of time interacting, figuring out ways to directly interact with the customers to help you understand exactly what they want. What exactly is the pain point? What exactly is the problem you're trying to solve for them? So yeah, that that's another, another um, way. Another thing, again, would be launching in communities, right? So startups can launch in various communities. I'll give you an example. I worked on an FX project at some point, and uh, what we did to launch that product was simply put it in group chats of people that trade Forex and crypto, mm. right? And there's so many communities like that if you're selling something that is going to be used by pregnant women you could launch it in an antenatal session right or, or in a church setting where they are doing women program right so that's launching in communities and those are the kind of things that startups should think about think about and that would not cost you a lot of money i just mm. need to talk to a pastor to say hey i have this thing it's going to benefit the pregnant women in your church oh that's amazing and you're done yeah right? yeah so, you know, that's, those are some of the things that startups would think about and would help them save money. 
Wow, thank you so much. I feel like here, I've been nodding my hair like, wow, yes. I did not know that. Like, that's so, 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 so on point. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, so, like, he knows his onion. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Like, let, let's go on because we won't get more, right? So now, I know you talked about these strategies. Then how do you, in fact, show that someone is growing? What metrics should be important to a startup that is growing? Again, um, also the the metrics to measure will be different again for different companies and different solutions, right? Um, if you're a fintech and what you do is process payments, for example, you want to track the number of transactions that can mean growth to you. Okay. Right? If you're a savings company, a savings fintech, for example, growth can mean active users. How many, mm. how many people are saving every day? Um, if you are an education technology company, for example, growth can mean how long are students spending on your platform mm. to study, right? So the, the metrics will be different from for, for different companies. And mm. that's the onus is on the founders or the team, the management team to figure out exactly what growth means for them. Mm. Right? So I'll give you a quick example. For FinTech, you are saving for example. Mm -hmm. And one of the critical metrics that you want to track is how much money people are saving, right? So you could have 100,000 users and maybe only 10% of them save an average of maybe 1 million a month. At that point, maybe the large number of users would not be critical rather than going deeper into the number of um, the demography of the people that are actually giving you the most amount of money. Right. So again, the metrics are different for different companies. It's about the founders mm, yeah. figuring out what uh, metric is, what most is important, important to them. them. Yeah. I do agree with you because as a podcast, our metric is for people to listen. Exactly. So yes, that's what we're checking. Exactly. And I don't care about that in, in FinTech, right? So, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah, thank you very much. I feel like I'll keep saying thank you because you have like such cogent points and I love it. I'm so sincerely listening to you talk, even as someone who is probably building my own stuff, I know that there are a few things I probably have done wrong. So that leads me to my next question of what are some of the things that startup founders really do wrong? that is hindering their growth because you see some companies they're really trying they want to go but somehow they've probably tried a few things and nothing is working so what exactly do you think they need to look at what could they be doing wrong that is hindering their growth so first off i i, I need to put out a disclaimer here right <laughs> so i'm not an authority in any of these things right um but then i've been around for a few years mm -hmm. and I'm just basically sharing, you know, my own opinion, my two cents based on things I've read and, and the experience I've had. We're grateful okay? for them. <laughs> yes, I think that's necessary. But yeah, um, what are the things that I think startup founders do wrong? I think I would piggy um, down to some of the things that I have done wrong at the time mm. when I have started companies in the past, especially those that have failed. Mm. Um, and that's sometimes founders can be overambitious. And this is what I mean by that. When you start a company, especially if you're a visionary and you're thinking and dreaming big, you want to build something that is truly big and truly successful. And we, most of the time, are impatient, right? We want that success to happen over, you know, overnight, right? And so you start to implement strategies that are not for the stage of the company I mean, the state that the company is at at that particular time. And here's a perfect example. You launch a startup, you're trying to build the product. You, you are 
a lot of founders even launch startups these days and the next month they've hired a growth team, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that is wrong. I think that the founders should spend a lot of time interacting with the customer to understand exactly what their problems are. So one of the things they do wrong in that sense is, is they start to implement strategies that are meant for, you know, a later stage startup, so to speak. For example, startups hire too fast. I think this might be as a result of laziness. I think that some founders might just prefer to now I'm a CEO, <laughs> you know, and then you want to stay on the spreadsheet, tracking the numbers and all that, rather than doing the actual grunt work, which I think a startup founder should be doing in the beginning. That's one. Um, Two is throwing money at problems, right? When And that's one of the problems with having too much money um, when you're actually not ready for, for that money. When you have a lot of money, you're more likely to throw money at problems. Problems are not supposed to be solved by money. Problems are supposed to be solved with ideas, mm, right? Word, word, it word. Is, <laughs> it is very, very critical to understand that a lot of startup founders quickly throw money. I've seen that happen a lot, you know, quickly throw money at problems rather than spending time to critically think about what is, why exactly are we having this problem? And is there another way to solve this problem rather than spending money? Then I think finally, I would say that startup founders, again, maybe, I don't know if overambitious qualifies here, but making the noise too early, so to speak. So you're, you want to be in CNN, already you know <laughs> wants to be, and you don't have a product that works and what mm. happens in that case because a lot of times you find out that many at, at the very early stage the product is not perfect yet which is very very okay so you allow the product to grow at mm. that point you want to consistently interact with the customers you have no business with press mm. at that point you have no business trying to tell the world that hey you have arrived when you actually <laughs> haven't so i think what you want to do at the beginning is focus on building a great product interacting with customers well enough to understand how they want that problem to be solved and helping them understand how best you can actually provide that problem mm. so maybe i don't know if that answers your questions i mean yeah. it does it does, does really i mean because even me when i when i'm thinking of starting something you probably want everybody to know about it immediately and even the fact that you mentioned that problems are not stuff with money in my head i'm like what are we going to use to solve it then it's not money <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's sincerity yeah sometimes it just takes you you know stepping back to think about the problem and then think about solutions yeah before now saying okay what are the solutions maybe do i need to talk to so do i need to get like a third party do i need to now pay but the first thing is no oh i have money money is going to solve it but actually exactly. understanding the problem so yeah i do agree with you and it makes so much sense but you also talked about you know different strategies for different stages yeah so very quickly tell us what stages there are and like what are the things you should be looking at at different stages okay so i'm trying to look at how to categorize these stages <laughs> but there is pre-launch stage right? mm -hmm. so this is not from any list of stages that i've we read got you, right? we got I'm just, you <laughs> i'm just trying to try to you know conceptualize things in my head right so we have the pre-launch stage i mm -hmm. believe um, and that's usually the stage where you are still uh, trying to build the product at this stage usually um i think that founders should also um, start to sample the opinion of, of users mm -hmm. while you're building products. You're trying to speak to family and friends and say, hey, this is something I'm working on. Do you think that's something you're going to like? Do you think it's something they're going to need? Because at the end of the day, the product is for the users, right? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think that's the pre-launch stage. And then I think there's also the 
the launch stage, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe then the post-launch stage. We've not even gotten to the growth stage, right? So the pro- <laughs> post-launch, pre-launch is you're building the product. The launch stage is yes, now we have launched this product. Mm-hmm. Then the post-launch would be um, trying to acquire your first 10 to 100 users. Mm, okay. Right? Um, I think that is very, very critical. I think that no startup, depending on, again, maybe in some, maybe there'll be exceptions, but generally I think that between your first, your 10 to 100 users, I think that um, startups should really be focusing on bootstrapping and helping them really think about solving problems rather than raising money and you know spending money and stuff so there is that and then there's also the growth stage and the growth stage is the point where you have been able to put your product out you've gotten at least 100 people to use it again depending on the kind of product you're using right so Mm -hmm. this may not necessarily apply your 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 building this may not necessarily apply to business to business businesses right because i mean getting a hundred businesses to use your product (laughs) can be really tough i sell b2b too so that can be really tough but you know generally speaking um you should have a few people who have to an extent accepted to use your product and then you can now start talking about growing that product increasing that number so maybe i've talked about what four stages now pre-launch launch post-launch and then growth yeah but there's there's also the point where you get to high growth stage that's that's when when you I'm sure you must have heard about startup funding where they talk about pre-seed, seed. Yep. You know, usually pre-seed is for developing your product. Seed is for trying to accelerate growth, really. Mm-hmm. If you're able to succeed at that point where you've accelerated the growth, gotten to a certain number, then it means you have product market fit. The idea of seed funding is so that you can prove that you actually have product market fit, which means that people want what you are selling. selling. And then you can now um, raise your Series A and say, hey, let's take over the world. (laughs) So, yeah, that's... Okay. That was very helpful and very insightful. And I know very much that throughout this conversation, you talk mainly about offline. So let's go online, right? Let's talk about social media. Let's talk about digital media. What roles do these platforms play when it comes to growth and accelerating? Yes. Today, like a lot of things are different. When it comes to sales and marketing, especially because of, um, you know, social media. Mm-hmm. Social media is very, very, very important because today that's where everybody is, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why it's important to constantly be where your customers are, right? Again, I like to always say that your strategies are, will to a very large extent depend on the kind of product you're building and the people that you're building it for. Right. But generally, I mean, everybody today is on social media. So whatever <laughs> it is that you're building, you should be on social media. Um, in terms of strategies, I think that aside from the fact that you should be on social media, you also want to get deeper. The same principles apply, right? Identify where your customers are. Are they on TikTok? Then maybe you want to um, experiment, which is what um, startup funding really is um, used for. You do a lot of experiments, so you want to check it out. Um, where are most of my people spending their time? Are they on Instagram? Are they on TikTok? Are they on Twitter? And and you want to build strategies around, um, you know, yeah, those platforms and building content um, consistently. Also engaging those people, right? And making them feel like they are part of, you know, this big um, family that you're trying to build in your company. So, yeah. 
Okay, I do agree with you. I also think that actually, even depending on the platform and who you're trying to sell to, you need to decide where they are. Because at the end of the day, there's so many platforms. Yeah. YouTube, there's TikTok, and Facebook, and you cannot be at everything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to really just define where you where your customers is just like you said and then go after them i really feel that we've had such an impactful conversation and i really think that if i continue we would keep talking and keep talking but i'm just going to ask one more question just before we go i know you've said something around you don't need a team immediately yeah but at what point do you now think it's important to get a good person yeah in fact I, i think there's this question where people say you have money to hire and you need there's a ceo a cto and a cmo yeah. Who are you picking first? Is it your CMO or your CTO? Which one's first? So, like, what was your what, so what's your take and all of that? Okay, yeah. So, first, I, you need a team, right? Um, but the founders first, right? Obviously, well, I, I didn't know how the world. I imagine like. that you're referring to the growth team. Yeah, the growth now, team actually. Yeah, I, I think that at every point in time in the life of a startup, at the pre-launch slash launch stage, you don't need. Everybody you hire, a team you're setting up, should be 100% based on need. It Mm. means that we have stretched our existing human resources Right. And when I say stretch, really stretch. Mm, that's that's why startups, we, we do. you see someone working in the startup and he's doing five <laughs> things. I say that this is why yeah. you're stretching. Yeah. Because, because, because you don't have a lot of money. Mm. Um, as a matter of fact, early, early stage startup founders, most of the time they qualify to be founders themselves. Not necessarily because they are born founders, but you mean employees. Yes, I'm talking about employees, okay, early, yeah. early stage employees. And the reason is because they get to I'll give you a personal example. <laughs> right. So my first job in tech, how I got into tech, because I studied law. Oh wow. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I, was, yeah, I studied law. I was I was I never thought I was going to be in tech. I didn't th- I knew about technology, but I just, it wasn't for me. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know math. So God's sake. That was why we went to arts class in the first place, right? Yeah. And so I thought tech was for, you know, wizards and, you know, math people. And so I got into tech. My first job was with a an edutech company called Gridley. And I was the first employee. One of the things I'm most grateful for in my life, because that afforded me the opportunity to see a startup grow from nothing, from tech, mm. from, from software, right, to 1,000 users, mm. right, and to 5,000 users. And that was a huge transformation for me. I think at the beginning, we had just 5,000, you know, dollars. And then we raised and raised and raised, you know, and I, I, I was opportune to see that process. And that's why I said early stage employees to a very mm. large extent they don't need to be born like that but somehow they go through that training and that's not even the gist right the gist is i joined as a i can't remember what my role was, was something mm-hmm. like customer care right within six months i was managing product mm, wow yeah. from zero technology <laughs> right i was already managing because somebody had to do it we didn't have the resources to hire experts and all that. So you had to learn everything on the job. Um, I was already managing product. Then I managed content. Then I went to marketing. Then from marketing, I ended up sales manager, right? <laughs> all, all these roles in what? Like, what what yeah. <laughs> wow. You know, it was, it was crazy. And I, I, I did pretty well across all these um, roles. And at every role, I started it 
built out a team. I think for content team, when I was like, really built out a team of about 200 people wow. before I moved to um, do some marketing and then sales. And same thing with the other roles, started it, built out a team, led the team for a while, then moved to another role, built out the team. So um, again, now I'm distracted. What was the question again? By <laughs> the team, yeah, the yeah, team. So, so at, that, at the point where you need to start hiring a team is when you have actually stretched out your resources. You know, that's that's um, my, my view. Not necessarily, that doesn't mean that, you know, you need to use people mm. and you know, heal them, no. <laughs> The truth is some people, in my own opinion, may not be built for that life, which is okay. Like, mm-hmm. You can get a good job in Google or, I don't know, GT Bank or something. <laughs> yeah. Startup is stressful, right? And that's just the truth. So I think you start to think about getting a team at the point when you have used up your human resources. There is a need for that. Another reason why you may want to think about a team, maybe without necessarily using, your, using up your human resources, is if your, your product is catching on really fast mm. and growth needs to be accelerated, mm. right? So in that case, then, I mean, if you build a product and your first one month, you have 500 people mm. and then you are just a team of four. <laughs> Can a team of four manage 500 no. users? No, my answer would have actually been yes. Oh, Depends. really? Yes. My, my answer would be yes. <laughs> because I have, I've read about a team of, I think, 12 managing about 10 to 15,000 customer yes. startup, right? And the, the, the employees, as you can imagine, were seriously cashing out, making <laughs> a lot of money. But the CEO specifically said in an interview that for him, it's, it's a culture thing. So for him, it's important that he has the best of the best who can perform at, you know, the peak. And as long as that peak is good enough to hit the metrics of the company, they're fine. You don't need to be having a hundred people when you don't need more than 10, right? So there's no one size fits all. The founders Mm. need to be very much abreast of their markets, their product, their customers, and what the needs really are Mm. um, for growth. I think the the very most important thing was really the need. I think again and again, you kept saying the need. So... I think that's what I should reinstate. The yeah, need. Yeah. Make sure that you really, really need to hire somebody or hire a yeah. team before you actually get into that. Yeah. And so that's it for today's episode of What the Tech Africa podcast brought to you by Africa Tech Radio. Thank you very much. Odun. It's been amazing talking to you. Thank you, Jessica. So just before we go, do you have like a final thing you want to say to anyone who is in growth or who is trying to grow us kind of stuff? Yeah, well, my what my the final thing would be, I think, cliche, and it should be learning, right? Just mm. just keep learning. That's the way up. I don't think there's any whiz genius, you know. Like maybe three years ago, I probably didn't know any of the things I'm saying now, right? It's just about being committed to learning and never stop learning. Okay, so you had it. Keep learning, never stop learning, and that's it from us today. And so this is where we say. Bye-bye. What the Tech Africa, an Africa Tech Radio podcast powered by Techno Nigeria. Stop at nothing.